Marshawn is a fresh of breath air. He just loves chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It's still swollen. It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. The stitching you got. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. Then build the bomb. Then build the bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation. Welcome, everyone, to Witty Not Funny Sports Live, the number one self-rated Buffalo sports show covering the Bills, Sabres, entertainment, and everything in between. And as always, part of the built-in Buffalo network. Make sure you go follow us on Twitter, X, or Instagram, at WittySports716. Hit us, Give us a follow there. We love following back. And check out everything Built in Buffalo is giving you every single day of the week. Hopefully you caught the Buffalo basement earlier. Great shows throughout the week on Built in Buffalo every single day. The best Bills content out there so make sure if you haven't yet comment like subscribe do all three and you win a prize no i'm kidding you don't win a prize but just do all three anyway because it would help us out so make sure you comment make sure you give us a go bills make sure you say hello and hit that like and hit that subscribe show some love for built-in buffalo we are your hosts i am matt he is tony tony welcome back how's it going tonight oh thank you very much for the cordial welcome back my friend uh, and, and it's nice to see you this evening as well. The night is pretty solid. Young. <laughs> the night is young. And the night is young. The night is young. We'll be podcasting for four hours. So I'm glad that the night is young. It is a marathon. Yes. <laughs> yep. We, we should do a that's, that's the part we didn't tell anyone. We should oh, do a witty, a, a, witty, a 24 marathon. hour podcast. Ooh, that's a good idea. I like that. I don't know what we have to talk about, but. Well, we only ever talk about one thing, uh, so I think it's pretty well written. We, we, we just talk about everything and anything like this giant cloth <laughs> yeah. behind me for half an hour. People will love that. It'll be great. Uh, thank you for tuning in, everyone. Uh, hopefully you're not watching the NFL honors and you're watching us because we're going to do some end of season bills awards coming up in a couple minutes, uh, only in the most wittiest way we can uh, in honor of the NFL honors uh josh allen of course up for mvp he's not going to win at least i don't think he's going to win uh, i don't think it's a topic of conversation but uh, and i know other shows have talked about that he should win he's the most important player on the team it's not the most important player but let's be real tony josh allen's already won the most important award of the nfl season and that was in the wild card round the mvp the nickelodeon most valuable player. That is true. Award that is so high in the highest regard, held higher than all the rest. Any Super Bowl, any MVP, any offensive player of the year, the MVP is really where it's at, right? I will say, like, if I had a, a blimp, the blimp would be of any oh, award, yeah. like of anything that goes on display. I'm looking around 
my basement as to like where it would be on display. There, there would be no shelf high enough. There would be no place prominent enough. I would say the blend there would be or not enough spotlights in the world to put on yeah. that blimp. Yeah, I would say like the blimp or if I had um, a piece of the aggro crag. Oh yeah, like those those would be two things that would be like infallibly the most valuable, the most valuable emotionally and probably literally. And also like the thing that I would want most, the thing I would want most people to know about me. If, if I had a piece of the aggro crag from the show guts, I would display that thing front and center, any family dinner. It's going right in the center of the table. That's like, Thanksgiving dinner, that's the cornucopia in the center. That that is the focal point. The aggro crag. I mean, that that's that's the best icebreaker ever. Oh, you have a piece of the aggro yeah. crag? Did you win guts? Of course I did. I climbed well, the mountain. Yes, I mean, that's how you have the aggro crag. Do you think like if if you had that story, if you won guts, like that'd be the most impressive thing to other people who knew about guts? Well, Matt, I am not ashamed to say that, you know, we went to college as Facebook was being born. And I'm not right. ashamed to say that some of my college friends and I spent a lot of time looking at other people's Facebooks who had agrofrags <laughs> at other schools and the things that they were doing, you know, when they brought their piece of the rock to college. It's impressive. It's not a power hour. It's a power aggro Craig hour. Yeah. Like it would be that. And it would just be like, we're having a power hour and the Craig yeah. is in the middle of the table. And like, it's the biggest deal yes. in the world for a lot of people. And it should be. That's when Facebook was great. When you would join like groups like Will Ferrell fan club. Oh yeah. I tell you what, I, I was the king. Just... When, when Facebook first came out, I was the king of groups. I had the number one and the number two most popular group. Was were, uh, at Fredoni, were both created by me. Was were you part of the uh, the Derek Zoander kids for no <laughs> kids the group that I created, group. The group that I created was We Love Carrot. Carrot was this cat. It was like a neighborhood cat that used to hang out in the quads, and was oh, very wow. and was like very friendly. So I made the group We Love Carrot, and uh, that was the most popular group on campus for like my freshman year. And then we also made nice. uh, fans of. I don't remember her name, but she was like a lady that worked in the dining hall. And it was like fans of her. Crush on the lady with the at the dining hall there. Well, no, 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 no. Crush. That, that was the original OnlyFans. An understatement. Yeah, Groups was the original OnlyFans because Groups was the original OnlyFans because I don't know about you, but didn't like every college have a like 25 hottest girls at SUNY, SUNY Oneonta like oh, yeah. group? Yeah, yeah, that exactly. was like, so like that, that was like new, wasn't that like New Bombs it. World? Was it? You're thinking of E Bombs the list, World, right? All, but E Bombs World, yeah, E Bombs World was like a game Maybe. site, yeah, wasn't it? Is that oh, what it was? I don't know, I don't know. So uh, long ago, we're old. <laughs> uh, do you think Josh Allen should win MVP though? Getting back on track <laughs> yes. here with the Bills, MVP or MVP? Let's get back on track. Speaking of speaking of people who probably could have won the aggro Craig when they were in their youth, Josh Allen. Yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, he won the MVP. Do you think he should win the MVP, most valuable player? Uh, I mean, if the, the it's my understanding that the criteria of the award is that they're the most valuable player to their teams, as though, in other words, right. which 
which player, if this player was to go like out for the year, would would it be like the most impactful to their team? Which team leans on this player the most? It's yeah, like it's right. Josh to the Bills. What would our record be without him? Not Easily. good. Yeah, right. So if you put Lamar on the Bills, they don't make the playoffs, right? Like Lamar's stats were middling at best. He was 15th in passing yards. He was 11th in passing TDs, 6th in total yards. It's including rushing yards, so I'm not excluding those by any means. But Josh was far superior in a lot of categories. Mm -hmm. I actually think, like not being a homer or anything, I think it should go to Christian McCaffrey. Like He was easily the best running back in the league on one of the best teams in the league. He was first in every major category touchdowns, total yards, receiving yards for running back. Like he was in first in everything. Like, And if this was the year to not give it to a quarterback, this is the year to do it because McCaffrey, and I, I would put Tyreek Hill in this conversation too if he didn't get hurt towards the end of the year and actually crack 2,000 yards. Uh, but this is the year to give it to Christian McCaffrey. He's He was excellent throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be just a quarterback award to me. Oh, I agree. But if I may counterpoint, the if Christian McCaffrey wasn't on the team, what, I think the 49ers would still be very good. Maybe. You think so with Brock Purdy? I mean, Mike Florio said Brock Purdy is, can't be a good quarterback because yes. his last name rhymes with Turdy. So that, that's, a, that's a qualifying aspect of being a good quarterback. How much you, know you can... What? Sign your last name, Florio, with but he just completely puns. changed my mind. The turdy <laughs> argument is rock solid. <laughs> the turdy argument is rock solid. Alan doesn't have a funny uh, child school ground uh, degrading nickname to give him that rhymes with Alan, does he? Purdy well, and now turdy. Just going through the alphabet, of give... course. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, let's get into our end of season awards, though. Uh, we did the midseason awards, and we'll recount those here as we go through the awards. Uh, we repeat these awards midseason, before the season, after the season, and see if things change, see if things stay the same and status quo. But we always like to put our own witty spin on it. Tony, are you ready for the Bills end of season awards? Yes. We will kick it off with the first award. He's in our intro, named after the great Bills tight end, because there haven't been a lot, uh, Robert Royal. And this is, of course, the Royal Award. And who has been a fresh of breath air, as quoted by Robert Royal? Who has been a fresh of breath air for the Buffalo Bills this season? And the midseason, Tony, you said Leonard Floyd. I said Terrell Bernard. Uh, Tony, who is your pick is it still Leonard Floyd or are you changing who you thought was a fresh of breath air for the Bills this year so truly I think in the essence of who is a fresh of breath air like who was refreshing like a fresh of breath air I am am not gonna not give it to Floyd uh, I'm gonna give it to Razul Douglas who came nice. in as a, as a fresh of breath air, revived the secondary, made us believe the secondary was like not just capable, but good again. And then when he really turned it on towards the end, 
Ooh, I felt refreshed. I was not tired in the morning. <laughs> Colors were brighter. He really brought it. Leonard Floyd was good. Really good pickup sign. Really good pickup. Obviously, cannot argue that. Um, Nailed off. Yeah, statistically did okay. Of course, tailed off more towards the end. But, you know, there's a million yeah. factors with that. But Rasul Douglas, I, uh, I I found to be more refreshing. And maybe it's just because he came in, you know, partway through the season. It, it might be that, but that's yeah. also kind of the, the essence of the award. He came in like gangbusters, too. Like not only picking yeah, up a new sure. defensive scheme. And when I say he came in like gangbusters, he made his mark right away. The first practice, but he didn't when he didn't participate. The reason he didn't participate and he was on the injury report was because he just got here, according to the Bills. And apparently that is a viable and accredited injury designation that you just Mm -hmm. got here. So you can use that. You can use that when you don't want to do the dishes because I just got home from work. Or you can not fold the laundry because I just got here. I'm hurt. I can't do anything around the house. I'm going to go I'm going to go into school now. tomorrow and say I need a sub for for uh, my first class cuz like I just got here. Yeah, right. Too tired. I just got here. I don't yeah. I don't know the the scheme well enough here. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a great pick. And he also came in Gangbusters. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh he also came in Gangbusters on the statue too. I think he had four turnovers or uh mm-hmm. in his first 3 games something along those lines and uh, it's an interesting conversation now as we move into next year. Hopefully, Trey White comes back. That's still up in the air at this point. I mentally and physically, he's we don't know where his head his head's at, and we haven't really heard a lot from him directly. So it, it'll be interesting to see how we bring him back into the fold. But when he went down and they traded for Razul Douglas, him and Benford more power. Ha ha ha! And this is my pick for a fresher breath there, Christian Benford. Made quite the tandem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I thought Christian Benford had a fantastic season. Advanced stats show he had a fantastic season. Uh, and for a guy who was a very late round pick out of a very small school, out of a very unknown program at Villanova, he's made his mark in year two in a big way. So he is my fresh of breath air, not only in his technique, but just like the dude is surprising when he's out there. He, not only him making plays, deflecting passes, but doing things like catching Tyreek Hill in the open field. And adult, mm-hmm. like he just he just surprises you, and he goes about it in such a ho hum way. It's just like he's not really flashy. He doesn't trash talk. He's not like a Jair Alexander for the Packers who's like running his mouth every two seconds. Mm-hmm. He just goes about. Christian Bedford just goes about his business with his his face tattoos and whatever, and just just gets it done. And that's all I ask for is a guy who just gets it done. So when you look at the next year secondary, and especially the cornerback position, you have Razul Douglas with one year left on his contract. You have Benford on a rookie deal. You have Elam on a rookie deal. You have White coming back, and maybe there's a restructure there. But what does that look like? Because you have three very capable starters maybe Elam figures it out that's just way too many pieces in the same room to me what do you think um no I believe in depth so and professionalism you believe in depth and injuries (laughs) 
I definitely believe in injuries. I'm always expecting the worst to happen with injuries. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, ultimately, when we look back on the season, a lot of people are going to say that's what got us. So, no, I want basically I want the top six corners in the league to all be on the bills and then I'll be satisfied. <laughs> and the same goes for every position. Yeah, I, I think that that's fair. And Brandon Bean has done a great job of building the depth on this roster yeah. to account for insurance reasons you need to be insured at positions like cornerback. Um, Kyrie Elam is going to be the interesting one. It's like, is it ready to, are we ready to cut bait? Mm-hmm. Do we move him to safety, even though his skill set I don't think fits a safety, but who knows? Uh, and especially with a Bobby Babbage defense now, uh, how will that look different? So uh, mm-hmm. I, I look at other first round picks in years past that have, their teams have cut bait with them, the teams that have drafted them, such as like Trey Lance. The Niners gave up a King's ransom to get Trey Lance, move up to right. get him. And then within his rookie contract, they, they cut bait with him and they were okay with it. So the Bills, I think, can afford to do that with Elam because of Benford's rise of, in, in his performance. But something I don't know if Brandon Bean likes to do other than in the most dire situations, a la like Cody Ford, is to kind of admit he's wrong, especially with high draft picks. Like Cody Ford was never going to see the field and he wasn't very good and that the writing was on the wall there. But the flashes we've seen from Kyrie Lum, he kind of he kind of pops sometimes. Yeah, there's a holding call here and there. Yeah, he gets beat here. And, but when he splashes, he splashes, he splashes big. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, Tony, you ready to move on to our next award? Yes, I am. Wow. And viewers, oh, listeners, make sure if you haven't yet, <laughs> we're getting played oh, off. Are you playing me off like the Oscars? Uh, make sure you hit that like, please, uh, on Facebook. If you're on YouTube, hit that like. Uh, please share if you can. And make sure you comment. We love. Let us know who you think should win our our dumb made up awards here. Uh, our next award is the Fred Jackson Five Award. Of course, Jackson Five, famous for their song "I Want You Back." So, who or what? I won't leave it to just a player or a coach or anything, mm-hmm. but what do we want back? You threw me off. Of this, you really threw me off with this banner. Cause I was already, I was already with my answer and now I'm rethinking everything about what do I want back? So think of all the what's mm. could, of what all the, what the what's could be. Uh, all the what's okay, the what so, could be. Yeah. I think that made sense. Of what I think the so. could be. In, yeah, in, a, in, a, in a weird, like, Willy, Willy Wonka type world. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and in the English language. Um, <laughs> I, okay, I will go with the player, I guess, for the sake of brevity. Mm-hmm. Um, I want, and I hope that we, it gets maybe existential in this, but I want back the Vaughn we knew. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. Like, I don't the want Vaughn back... that once was. Yeah. I want back the Vaughn that once was. I want the first time. I want Vaughn back in his form the first time he put on red, white, and blue. And I like that's, that. Yeah. Uh, that's, for... that's who I want back. That would really complete, does, does... complete things up. I think so. Does Vaughn want to be the Vaughn we once had? I mean, he's making. 
$3 million a tackle. It's a nice little paycheck for doing very little work. That's the thing. It's like, do you get the sense that Vaughn is such a professional that like he doesn't care? Explain. Like he's, uh, like he's content with his with whatever level he's on. He's making tons of money. He has made tons of money. He's protected. His career is protected essentially. Like his his legacy cannot be damaged basically um i mean he got into legal trouble and had an awful season and i would hardly i don't think his legacy has been damaged so he's like right. i think he's i think he's at a point where mentally he's like yeah i know what to do i know what my routine is that's enough and however it shakes out is how it shakes out like that's enough for him because he gets results that are good enough for him I think that that last sentence is kind of where I'm at, like mm -hmm. what's good enough for Vaughn. And I think what's good enough for Vaughn, knowing Vaughn is the biggest BSer in the organization's history. Right. And Vaughn truly believes whatever Vaughn spurts out of his mouth. Uh, I think no matter where Vaughn is to everyone else, whether he's an elite player or a middling $3 million per tackle guy who doesn't really have an impact on a game. Uh, that's our scale. To Vaughn, his scale is always he's the best. So even if he's a middling player, in his mind, in his words, he's the best. So I don't know what to take of that, but if Vaughn wants to be the best, he wants to be his consummate professional and stop talking and start producing. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's a big call out, but a fair call out. I mean, we're paying him enough money. Like he's supposed to be the guy to right. defensively get us over the hump. He was supposed to be the guy that closes games when we play KC in the playoffs. Like, if I'm not getting that guy, I I don't want anything to do with you. Sorry, like, I don't I don't need a I don't need another Shaq Lawson who's like kind of okay at everything like and he's good at sealing an edge but right i want guys that get to the quarterback every single snap collapse the pocket create pressure get the quarterback off balance i want that guy guys to do that every single snap and we talked about leonard floyd and i'm gonna throw aj panessa in here too like i mentioned it last week and i'll mention it again because you were not tony but Leonard Floyd and AJ Epinesa combined in the last eight weeks of the season for two and a half sacks total. Like, I don't want those guys anymore. I don't. I, I don't care if your motor runs out and you're injured, whatever. Like, right. Get to the quarterback. You have one job. It's like a receiver. It's like, yeah, Gabe Davis. Okay, he does things okay. He blocks okay. But your one main job is to catch a football. You're for your defensive edge. Your one main job is to get to the quarterback. And if you're not doing that on a marginally consistent basis, I'm ready to move on with you from you. And I hope Bobby Babich has like a new mentality because whatever Brandon Bean's mentality was, whatever Leslie Frazier's, whatever Sean McDermott's is, was whatever in regards to the defensive edge position, I don't think it's worked. So hopefully they get younger, they get faster, they get quicker, they get twitchier. That's what I want to see. Yeah. Twitchier is basically what I'm thinking. And you know, we've we commented many times throughout the season that we like the aggression. Um, 
but it, I wish it just didn't take as much aggression and play calling to get the pressure. Like, can we just get yeah. consistent enough pressure and then really shower it on with some aggressive play calling? Right. Like there was right. the gap between I, the gap between calling a blitz and the, or I should say like the amount of liability in calling a blitz, even though our blitzes were often effective, like when they're, when they weren't effective, obviously you're victimized by that. So right. the, like the amount of liability that was called in calling blitz was, was too much. Yeah. I, and, and sometimes it just seemed like forced and they called mm -hmm. blitz for the sake of calling blitz. It's like, the, the Broncos game is a perfect example, and they called two jailbreak blitzes in a row. <laughs> like, uh -huh. I've never seen a team do that before. And mainly, they have never seen a team do that before because it doesn't really work the second time around. Like, you send everybody the <laughs> yeah. first time and you catch them off guard, it works. But guess what? When you do it the next time, and especially if the next time is the snap after that happened, usually right. it won't work. And it didn't, and it bit them in the butt. So, um, that's a, that's a good pick. I, I like that. I like the Vaughn we once knew. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, really the one of the stars, or I should say a group of stars throughout the season of who I want back. Give me the Corgis back. <laughs> yes. Give me those Corgi races during halftime. We need the, the Corgis back. We are 1-0 oh when the Corgis are the halftime show. Good point. Uh -huh. We are whatever in... We're not we're not undefeated when the Stampede's the halftime show, or Pee Wee Football's the halftime show. Even though Pee Wee Football versus mascots is always entertaining, I will always sign up for that. Uh, give me the Corgis back. I want I want like a Corgi racing league to happen during halftimes of games. I want to see like rankings on the jumbotron. Yeah. I want to yeah. see like signs in the crowd, fan yeah, clubs. I want this thing to expand. I want to be able to it's bet the Corgis stats, on. Yes. On DraftKings. Yes, I want I want this to be elevated to the next level. Yeah. I want I, yeah. I want to go like minor league baseball with it. Just the mm -hmm. corgi day at the at the at the, uh, the at the Ralph. Like I just want to bring the corgis back. Like everything was better with corgis. What can I say? That's life. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I think it's a great pick. If I were to actually pick a play, yeah. If I were to actually pick a player, though, I I can't wait till Matt Milano comes back. Honestly, of like course. that's going to be the of big course. one. Of course, he's he's awesome. He's awesome, and he would have been extremely helpful, especially in that Kansas City game. Uh, of course, he'd be extremely helpful as all and most all pro players are throughout the season in every single game. But that Kansas City game would have been huge uh, to have him. I feel like we really lost a lot with AJ Klein. Yes, nice story during the wild card round, but very exposed during that Kansas City game for his lack of passive coverage ability and things like that. So Matt Milano, if I were to pick a player, but Corgis are more important than Matt Milano. Let's priorities, 100%. people, priorities. 100%. Uh, our next award, the Marshawn Award, presented by Applebee's. One of my favorite Bills videos ever. I guess it's not, it was like kind of like a Sunday NFL countdown video not a bills per se video but uh yeah, like marshawn at applebee's uh it was a trey wingo or scott van pell i think it was trey wingo it was a trey wingo yeah 
Yeah, I think it was before Van Pelt's time. Uh, Marshawn had Applebee's uh, squirting the soda gun. And uh, obviously Applebee's was, is, I shouldn't say was past tense, is the biggest hotspot in the world. Uh, and especially in Buffalo. I love Applebee's. Two for 20. They got endless boneless wings going on now. Shout out Applebee's. It's amazing. But this award, of course, is for the best performance from a bill off the field or anything related to the Bills organization off the field. Who are you giving your Marshawn Award for at the end of the season here? Matt, uh, I think that my the award I'm going to give is pretty much self-explanatory when you hear the award recipient's name as to the best performance off the field. Even though this performance was, I guess, technically on the field, but not during regulation. My award is going to Peppa Pig. (laughs) The true celebrity at the Chiefs game. Well, yeah, the biggest celebrity. Yes, exactly. The biggest celebrity to to grace the stadium this year. The grace one bill is driving. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. The global phenomenon. No one was bigger. Um, No one was bigger. Peppa's a good one. All Pig did was like come out of a box and wave. And that's all Peppa Pig needed to do. (laughs) Got me. That's all it took took for Tony to get satisfied. Uh, Yeah, in that moment, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say, Peppa, show some class. Put some pants on. That's all I'm saying. No, keep the pants on. in front on, of 70,000 people. <laughs> Don't Winnie the Pooh in here, look. Peppa. Come on. It's let's, a look. Let's, let's show some class out there. It's a look. It's a trend. Uh, great off-the-field performance from Peppa Pig. Uh, I will go with a Bills player uh, because I think this is a performance. I'm going to go with Stefan Diggs, off-season talk tracks. Oh, okay. We are two weeks out of of the Bills season. I think it's performative, too. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think he does it on purpose. I think it gets him the interviews. It gets him media time. I think he likes that. I think not that I'm speaking in a negative connotation to any of this stuff because I, I really don't know, like, what bad he said uh, these past two weeks, but it's just like, can we just put the kibosh on like Stefan Diggs not wanting to be a bill? I'm so sick of it already. It's two weeks. Uh-huh. It's not even the NFL season's not even done yet. We still have the Super Bowl, and we're already talking about this. Like it's we're we're partying like it's June 2023. Like let's just stop it. Like. He's going to be a bill. I think he wants to be a bill. There's nothing that ever has happened that from him directly that has indicated he doesn't want to be a bill. It's not like he's on the sidelines before games moping. Like, how can I get traded? How can I get out of Buffalo? No, he's like interacting. He's he's a star here. Why wouldn't you? that that that's the whole reason like I hate this narrative is because mm-hmm. It's the it's the Caleb Williams thing. Like a lot of rumors about potential number one pick, Caleb Williams, quarterback out of USC. It's like he doesn't want to go to Chicago. Why not? Like if you yes, if you went to Chicago and he, 
and turn that first of all it's a major city right so i don't know why chicago is an awesome city too it's like one of my favorite cities i like i've had a good Uh, shout out chicago yeah chicago's great it's awesome it's clean it's 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 i lost my credit card in chicago Um, if any chicago and listeners are out there if you find my credit card (laughs) hit me up with a dm please contact tony it, it, leave a leave a comment if you if you have Tony's credit card. In, this was in, in 2018. The Chicago area. So, yeah. Oh, still could be out there. Still could be out there. Uh, yeah. But no, it's like if you go to that franchise and turn it around for all the years they've had middling, you know, with Mitch Trubisky and Justin Fields, like you would be a god to that fan base. Statues and children's hospital wings, like. Yeah, Stefan Diggs, if he brings helps bring a Super Bowl to Buffalo, he will be a god mm-hmm. for this fan base for this city. Like, where else could you get that? You want to go to the the Panthers and get, no, like they don't care. You want to go to the Cowboys where they've won Super Bowls already? They don't care. Here, if you get it done, you would be idolized. I don't know why any any NFL player would shy away from that or not like that. I forget the financial any, of this whole conversation. I think that I know. Like I think any player is satisfied with whatever team. It, in that situation, like your dream is to be a franchise NFL quarterback. It's what you've worked literally your whole life for. It's what people always told you you were able going to be able to do if you played it right. And now this kid is set yeah. up to be the number one pick in the draft. Chicago is like, I mean, like that's, that would be a huge dream to be able to take a storied franchise and be, you know, and like prove that you can be a major part, if not the main character of that story, especially for a place like Chicago. That's like, you know, the knock on Chicago's history has always been, they've never had a good quarterback, like a legendarily truly good quarterback. Right. I mean, they, they really haven't. I mean, Jim, right. Jim McMahon is the closest thing. Yeah, like, I know. Yeah, that's what I'm Jim saying. McMahon was like. Who's like next? Rex Grossman? Jim Glass, All-Star. I mean, right. Al Orton, probably. Uh, actually, you know, it actually might be. It actually might be Kyle Orton. Yeah, right. And don't knock him. Love I Kyle love Kyle Orton. Orton. So, yeah, we love Kyle Orton. Yeah. <laughs> we will never say anything bad about Kyle Orton. He is yeah. the man. Can I change my um, I want a back award to Kyle Orton? I think so. I think we both convinced ourselves that we should change our award back to uh, Kyle Kyle Orton. I want Kyle Orton back, too. Who doesn't love Kyle Orton? I always thought, like, if Keanu Reeves needed a stunt double in John Wick, it should have Mm -hmm. been Kyle Orton. Wow. It should have been perfect. Keanu Reeves needed, like, a a beer-gutted half-wit actor to be his stunt double. Kyle before and after probably do some things. <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, listeners, viewers, if you haven't uh, yet, hit that like. Please give us a comment. Uh, we really appreciate any love. It takes one second. Just hit that like and uh, show us some love here. We really appreciate it. Our next award. We got two more left. Our penultimate award, if you will. The Zay Award in honor of Zay Jones for the member of the bills you don't want to be in a hotel with because nobody wants to be in a hotel with Zay Jones based on his past and maybe future too, because Zay's a free agent. I was kind of thinking like, so he's 
probably that doing a lot a of nice drugs. little <laughs> cheap signing. Like, let's get him. I never, I never minded Zay. Like, I thought he's a good player. I still think he's a decent player. And if you can get him out of cheap $2 million contract for a year, prove uh-huh. it deal. Yeah. I'm all about that for a fourth receiver, fifth receiver. So maybe this award uh, is coming back home, but uh, the member of the Bills you don't want to be in a hotel with, Tony, your midseason choice was uh, Sam Martin. And my midseason choice was, of course, because I gave such praise to Corgis, my midseason choice was the Stampede. I don't want anything to do with the Stampede. Uh, are you keeping Sam Martin or are you uh, changing your award? Uh, no, I'm changing my award to John Butler. Because he's... Oh. The deceased GM or the former DB coach? The newly former DB coach. Because he, okay. no, it's, well, now I'm, changing it to, now I'm changing it to John Butler, the deceased GM, because why would I want a dead body in the room? <laughs> Sounds gross. Well, that's, that's, I don't want gross, that. Yeah. But if I had to choose a living being, then I'm going to choose John Butler, the DB coach. Um, he's pissed. Probably hire Coward to remove that dead body. <laughs> right. <laughs> That that tracks. That's right. You would do it. Kyle yeah. Kyle Orton's the guy that's like any twenty dollar odd job. Kyle Orton's like, yeah, I'll do it. No hesitation. Right. Yeah, I'll do it. I I will say like okay. as we were talking about this, I I thought I was gonna take John Butler based on his negative attitude, but when we were talking about Kyle Orton, I'm like, yeah. maybe I should give the Zay Award to Kyle Orton, assuming he he smokes in the room. He probably thinks it's okay to smoke in the room. <laughs> Absolutely. I, you know, I, Absolutely I smoke, so I thought about changing it to that. And probably probably it. keeps one of those like spit spit bottles, the tobacco spit bottles. Oh, of course. You know those are all of over course the bed. Kyle does that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know disgusting. absolutely Kyle Orton does that. Big um, Kyle Orton there. Uh John Butler, though, uh former newly former Bills. Yeah, newly former position coach. Uh, yeah, he, he's 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 ticked. He's disgruntled. Yeah. Big disgruntled guy. There's a fairness to there's a fairness to what he's saying. I guess. Do you think what why do you think he's disgruntled? Because he didn't get the DC job that Bobby Babbage got? Uh I don't I don't yeah, I mean I think that confidently. That he's okay. disgruntled and that was that was like a huge part of, of this mutual parting ways was that he's disgruntled because he didn't get the defensive coordinator job. And it's fair, like he you know, I mean he did a fantastic job with all but one of the cornerbacks and they did. And, and, you know, that, that was always our bread and butter. Um, we can assume, I guess it was him. Like, you know, I think a lot of people are assuming, well, that's McDermott. McDermott has a great track record of creating cornerbacks. Um, but John Butler as that position coach, I mean, John Butler as a, as a position coach did, did do an excellent job. Um, but so did Bobby Babish. Bobby Babish is, is also someone I really think highly of. So I can't, I, I can't knock the Bills for doing what they did, especially because Bobby Babish was in demand and was probably going to be a DC somewhere. So to keep him, you make him DC of, of right. us. We have the open position. Exactly. Uh, and I and I think he's deserving, and I totally get that. So I mean, I think it's I think it's fine there. So for that reason, especially that I'm not on the Butler side in this. Uh, conflicts. I don't want to share a hotel room with, with Butler, with John Butler, to hear him bitching and moaning all the time. 
Yeah. And that's the difference, right? Like mm-hmm. John Butler, probably a great coach, uh, wasn't getting defensive coordinator interviews. Like Bobby Babich right. is a rising star. We talked about this last mm-hmm. week when we had uh, Izzy from Red Zone Report on it as a guest. Like the first time I heard Bobby Babich speak this past offseason, immediately I thought, I want to hear Bobby Babbage speak every week. He's intelligent. <laughs> he's knowledgeable. He speaks kind of like 101, but makes it sound really smart. And uh-huh. it just seems like he, he reminded me of a, the defensive version of Chad Hall. Um, different results in the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chad Hall leaves for a lateral move. Bobby Babbage gets promoted internally. But – I, I don't think they they if they didn't promote Babbage, they would have lost him. And John Butler can be ticked as all he wants to be about it. But that's the reality. And that's probably the reality of just the NFL in general. Um, so, oh, well, like we get a we get a new secondary coach now from University of Miami. Can't recall his name. He looks like Sterling K. Brown from This Is Us. So that's a good thing. Uh, and there's a safety in kitchens, uh, that I really like coming out of the draft from Miami. So the, all the pieces might be bills might've shown their hand a little there with that hiring for sure. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't want to be in a hotel with a disgruntled John Butler. That's for sure. And like, you know, what's this guy? How old is this guy? Is this guy? Uh, yeah, it's like a forty. Yeah, I should say forty. Forty. Let me see here. Yeah, Let's look it up real I kind of think maybe he's older than that. I'm like, I don't know, like disgruntled guy, boomer vibes. 1973. Fifty years old, old fogey. Get him out of here. This is a young man's league, John Butler. Yeah. Go back to your rocking chair on your porch. Your little house on the prairie. Yeah. Whittle me something. Don't you whittle yourself? Oh, don't talk job. about whittle. <laughs> oh, see if, if if John Butler was a whittler, as everyone mm-hmm. knows in in Bill's Mafia, he'd be like GM by now. Terry's a big whittler. Is Terry a big whittler? I, I didn't know that. Those... Terry's a big whittler. Yeah, loves wow. to whittle the wood wooden clocks. He does the clocks. He whittles away. He we does the clocks. clocks. Not Terry's though. Wow. I didn't. I, how did I not know that? I think it was like part of like an an interview. Mm. Not with Terry, but with someone who didn't get the head coaching job that I believe uh-huh. went to McDermott. I I do remember this because I I always pictured how funny it would be if like some candidate walks into Terry's office and there's just a bunch of like poorly made wooden clocks just surrounding the office. And Terry's like, first question is like, you like my clocks? And if it's a yes or a no, and you have to stay with a straight face, like if you really want the job, it's like, yeah, they're really good. Even though they're not, but he's the owner. So you can't say, I always pictured like that scenario playing out. Yes, it's like he's just been—he's got enablers everywhere around him. 
Yes, like yes. Like, great job, Mr. Pagula. Yep. This is <laughs> such a nice look great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it goes from n- not one to two, but one to seven. But that's okay. <laughs> Still counts. One to seven, Josh Allen, um, maybe. That's how you do it. One to seven. That's right. That's why I said those numbers. Uh, my choice for the Zay or the guy I would not want to be in a hotel with. Oh, this is a tough one for me. I think I got to go with, and it he's just irked me the wrong way for a while now. And that's Tyler Matikavich. Mm-hmm. Of course, like listeners, viewers know I'm a big vibes guy. I don't like the vibes Tyler Matikiewicz has given off. Like wow. very okay. Paul Bunyan, very Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. protecting the wall kind of vibe. Like I'm, I'm just uncomfortable with his whole deal, <laughs> the look, and, and the fact that like I don't, I don't know what he does. Like. He's a special teams player that doesn't really ever seem to ma- seem to make a good special teams impact or a big special mm-hmm. teams impact. Like makes like maybe one tackle a year where you're like, okay, that was good coverage, but I I don't know. It's like, what do you what do you what would you say you do here? It's like an office space thing. It's one of those. Uh huh. Maybe that should be an award on our WTF. Yeah. What would you uh, say you do here? Thing. Yeah. The the uh, office space award, or the what were their names? Yeah. Like they had the same name. What were the two consultants' names? Like it wasn't the mics, uh, but it was know. like the. Yeah, it was some they did have the same names because right. Ron Livingston's character like mentions it. Right. I can't recall. Maybe if you're in the comments and seen Office Space and know who the two consultants' characters are, please let us know. Drop a comment. Um, Tony, you ready for our final award? Yeah, sure. You should go first. It's our most important award named after the most important player, maybe in the organization's history. The most important player on the Bills was once a Bill who probably should be on the Wall of Fame by now. And that, of course, is Ruvel Martin, my favorite Bill of all time, solely for the fact that he was on the team, then he was off the team. Then he was on the team, then he was off the team, and then two weeks later they brought him back, elevated him, and then three weeks later t- kicked him off the team just to put him back on the practice squad. Three days later, like the biggest flip-flopper ever, Michael Scott, snip-snap, snip-snap. That was Ruvel Martin, to a T. So the Ruvel Martin Award we give to the Bills player we either that is on the team that we want off the team or the Bills player that is off the team that we would want on the team. So I will go first, and my Ruvel Martin award goes to drum roll, please, because it's a big award. Cam Lewis. Oh, player, I a traitor to Erie County. (laughs) Okay, I'm over it. I'm over it. Traitor to UB. Traitor to Erie County. Uh, Cam Lewis on the team, off the team. I, I don't want Cam Lewis on off on the team. Yes, he's he's pretty good and can fill in, be the fourth guy at a various amount of positions, whether it's the fourth safety or the third 
nickel slot corner or the fourth or fifth cornerback. But give me more starting caliber guys at those positions. I don't want to see the fifth best guy come in or the fourth best guy. Cam Lewis, I love you. I think he's very decent for his cost. His return on investment is very good. I'm ready to just hit the upgrade button a little. So the bill I want off the team that is currently on the team is Cam Lewis. I think he's a free agent this year, so I'm sure they'll keep him around in some capacity. So we're just going to throw him into this bucket here. Um, so I pick Cam Lewis. Trader to Erie County, trader to UB. Is he coming in? AJ Epinesa. AJ Epinesa is a good one as well. Uh, guy I don't want back for the Bills. I mentioned earlier his lack of production towards the end of the season. I don't need to see that. Too many times he's disappeared. AJ Epinesa is a good pick as well. Uh, Tony, Cam Lewis, like him, love him, smash uh, pass. I hope Cam, I hope Cam, geez, I hope Cam Lewis is still on the team. I, do, I don't agree with you. I think you, I think you made the case against it. His versatility is important. Big savior of a roster spot. I think this time, I mean, I remember not so many weeks ago that you were like, Tony, is Cam Lewis good? And, you know, I, I think that there's... <laughs> I think there's value there. There's value in the versatility. Um, I would rather see Cam Lewis on the team. And like you're saying with you want to just upgrade that spot, like now you're talking like me, that you want the five best corners in the league to all be Buffalo Bills. Um, we're talking yeah, about a – You convinced me. You straight me. Okay. Well, we're talking about a very deep – we're talking about a very deep position here. And, I mean, yeah, there have been times when he's had to step in to be a corner. But – geez, like, do you let that, do you dedicate that roster spot to someone who can step in and be the corner if that emergency situation rises up? Or do you dedicate that roster spot more to someone who has the talents of versatility, who has the talents of special teams, who has the talents of, um, you know, being a death yeah. player who, who can provide more? Than just do that. You get yeah. it. You oh, get I know. I know what you're saying. That, that. Yeah. No. I know exactly Rejecting. what you're saying. And I think it's it's uh -huh. a very valid argument. Um, the salary cap, while I don't think it's a real thing, is supposedly a real thing. Uh, is going to come and catch up with us eventually with Josh Allen. And yes, there can be restructures galore. But I just think like you need to find more Christian Benfords. I'm really on a Christian Benford kick tonight. Uh, you it need to find like guys cheap, cheap, young, who can be elevated into starting spots uh, mm -hmm. and who can play their way into starting spots. Not, I, I'm sick of the Bills drafting, especially maybe in late rounds, guys who fit like a special teams player or dedicating money in free agency to special teams type player. Like, I'm naive. You know I'm naive when it comes to special teams of mm -hmm. I think anyone can play special teams. It's not hard to play special teams. It's running down the field and covering or downing a ball or making a tackle or doing making sure a punt's not blocked. I don't think it's very hard to play special teams, <laughs> especially when special teams is kind of like on the way out with all the touchbacks and now the fair catches and 
uh, with on kickoffs and so whatnot. Um, it, it's it's Barney Stinson to me from How I Met Your Mother. Like, how do you run a marathon? I used to language. Step one, uh-huh. you run. <laughs> step two, right. there is no step two. That's special teams to me. Like, how do you play special teams? You run. There is no step two. You make a tackle, maybe step two, but there is no step three. Uh, so I think it's like very easy. That's my mentality. So I don't need the Cam Lewis. I need a, a guy who can be a starting level caliber player. So that that's my two cents about it. Okay, well, I guess maybe part of the reason I'm hoping that you're wrong and that I'm hoping he's on the team is because I'm also taking someone from a similar position. Okay. And, eh, yeah, I I like to be. Um, (laughs) Do do you already think you know where I'm going? I mean, I I feel like I've always been a believer. I feel like I do. I've always been a believer in him until the last game. And then to me, the last game... That fake punt made me believe that this man is, I guess, a liability. This man is like, if this man is essentially a distraction is kind of how, is kind of how I'm seeing it. Like we have to find ways we have to, we have to pump his highlight. We have to create a highlight reel for him for tonight at the NFL honors. So when he wins comeback player of the year, they have something to play. Is that what we're doing? I hate to say it, but if this is what it's going to be, if it's going to be a distraction, if it's going to be gadgets and gizmos aplenty, then I'd rather just, I'd rather just ditch the headache and have the Mar Hamlin be elsewhere. And who's it's and what's it's galore. Yep. I knew you were going to go there. As soon as you like. He's number three. So. <laughs> uh and he's got ambulances with his number on it. Um the, yeah, yeah, like I don't was was that weird during the season, by the way? Like they had the ambulance with DeMar's number, and that made total sense. And then they get just a <laughs> little bit of flack for it. Because it was an away game. And then a week later it's gone. No, that was a home Wait, game. Wait, what do you mean a week later right? it's gone? No, I mean that he that he died. Like they took, I mean, he they died took the numbers the off the ambulance like, windows. Oh, oh, I did not notice no, that. Okay. I'm talking this like year. Like they had the, like it the, wasn't an the numbers from and that medical family, you know? Yeah. I think it was the game Damian Harris got hurt that they brought out the ambulance. Oh, yeah. uh-huh, they had the uh-huh. DeMar in the back windows or the Hamlin three. Right. And then it was just gone. I'm like, what was wrong? What was wrong with that? You got a little bit of flack for. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I don't know. I didn't think anything was wrong with that. I thought it was an, a nice, a nice ode to the the medical staff for saving a man's life. So, but to your point, yeah, seemed like the Bills are distracted. They had the Hamlin numbers in the ambulance. They take them away a week later. Like uh, sniff, snap, sniff, snap, sniff, snap. Uh, the fake punt was, I mean, one of the five worst plays ever run by a. A team, a Bills team, Colt Anderson, big punt level. Uh, It made no sense. And if Matthew Smiley keeps his job this season or this offseason, I'll be shocked. I think as many will. but And I think he will keep his job, but no, because, Mm -hmm. again, special teams, I don't – there's so much, like, 
differential variables to it. It's like one year you could be really bad special teams and the next year you could with the same players be the best special teams unit. There's no rhyme or reason to special teams. So I think he's, he's in Matthew Smiley's in with Sean McDermott. Not like who was the guy before him? Heath Farwell. Who's the guy got canned after Casey? Yeah. was, uh, I feel like that was his name. That sounds right. Heath Farwell. I think it, I think it's right. Um, but anyway, why call that play? Like, A, it was the absolute wrong time to call it in the wrong position on the field. Mm-hmm. And it was the absolute wrong person to call it with, like, a run to DeMar Hamlin on the short side of the field. Now it's not only fourth and four where he needs to get four yards. You snapped it back six or seven yards, and he needs to run for 10 yards on the short side yeah. of the field. Where no, If you're going to do that, do it with a weapon. Do put... Deontay Hardy Harris in there. Like, put Trent Sherfield. Don't put Demar Hamlin, who I probably hasn't seen a a carry since his high school days. I'm assuming because he's probably good enough to do everything in high school. I was gonna say, um, yeah. It, it 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 was it was odd. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's. Are, are we past the point now where it's? it's more than like a good story. And now we're just kind of focused on his play on the field or will it always just be like a PR nightmare for the bills? Like I really do feel like the reason they kept him on, I think he earned his spot this year because we were so so uh, shallow at safety in terms of depth. But as we get younger, as, as Bobby Babbage puts his mark on this defense, like are the bills going to say this was, this was a story like, do they want to deal with the PR can surpass the PR nightmare of maybe releasing a DeMar Hamlin because his play on the field's not really that great. I don't know. That's what the, that's the call they need to make. Um, that, well, that's, yeah, that's the essence of, I, I guess that's the essence of what I'm saying is, but I'm already making the call yeah. for them yeah. and I'm making the call to say that holistically this is like can't like can't we just get it's tiring can't we just give ourselves one less thing to worry about <laughs> you know as bills fans yeah we could use a lot less things to worry about right now we worry about like finding ways Always. to make Demar hamlin be in the spotlight yeah right i, I guess um so those are our awards. Tony, any other comments about the awards or anything before we move on to our Super Bowl prop bets? Super Bowl week, of course, Super Bowl on Sunday. Uh, are you ready to move on or was, would you like the last word here? Uh, no, the last word is that I'm really hoping for all bills, especially Demar Hamlin at tonight's NFL honors. Yes, I hope all Bills win, of course. Yes, I hope all I mean, Bills if Tamar Hamlin doesn't win comeback player of the year, that is the biggest farce ever. That would like, just be insane. People are mad yeah, because Tamar Hamlin. Crazy. Like, if anybody reads any context to the comeback player of the year award, it's not a performance-based award. <laughs> like, right. The fact that he just came back is I would say more than enough a, to win that award. I would say it's a disappointment anything less than it becomes – the DeMar Hamlin award for comeback player of the year. Oh, you think it should be named after him? Interesting. Well, I'm saying that's where I think the hype train is. Oh, okay. 
It could be named after him. I mean, would that be weird? Because he's still here. I, I don't know. Do we have now to I'm wait? distracted. Yeah, wait until he's like retired or something? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This is what happens. Yeah, I guess. Right? This is what happens. Yep. This is what happens. This is the distraction we're talking yeah. about. Yep. Uh, those are our end of season awards. Uh, let's move on to our Super Bowl prop bets. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday, of course, Chiefs, Niners. And of course, we're going to pick out the most ridiculous prop bets in the world. There are exactly, according to Bet Online, 86 Taylor Swift prop bets. Yep. <laughs> Some bet it, involving Taylor Swift. That is insane. Absolutely crazy. There's like 40. There's half the amount of like just straight up player prop bets. Like I'm reading some right now. Yeah. Specific to... It's wild. So let's kick it off. Super Bowl prop bets. Let us know what you think. Um, we'll kick it off with <laughs> the funniest one to me. Uh, player caught with escort in Vegas. Who will be the player caught with an escort in Vegas? Currently, the odds on favorite is Jake Moody. At plus 300, Nick Bosa plus 400, Debo Samuel plus 500, George Kittle plus 600, Patrick Mahomes plus 1200. That'd be a funny one. Wow. Um, and good old Brock Purdy at plus 1200 as well. Uh, or Travis Kelsey would be funny as well. Uh, Tony, do you think any NFL player that plays for the 49ers or the Chiefs gets caught with? A Vegas escort. Caught? Maybe. Like, that it becomes publicly known? No. These are NFL athletes. They're past the point of rich where they don't get in trouble for stuff. Like this. Yeah, I mean, it's a PR story for sure. They don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, that's what I mean. (laughs) They're not going to get in trouble. I thought this was America. If someone gets caught with an escort, we, the chances of us knowing about it are very slim. I don't know. Like, no, don't. Based no. on the media day, the did you watch like the media day? Usually, media day None is just guys sitting at tables. Like, this was like a show. This was like a concert. Like, there was introductions for the teams. Andy Reid looked absolutely miserable, like coming out of the tunnel <laughs> with the smoke. Uh-huh. Like the last place in the world he wants to be is like the the entertainment aspect of Vegas, yeah, like a Vegas style. He, he looked like he was not hit. Yeah, like he is not having any of it. Like the music, the spectacle. Like he's just like, give me the hell out of here. Let me go eat my cheeseburgers. Um, so it was very funny. So I think with all the attention that was put on media day alone. And NFL players being in the spotlight as they are, like mm-hmm. the players with an escort, they're gonna get caught. And those Vegas, like, I wouldn't even call them like es- I don't even know what they classify as in terms of job titles, but those people handing out like pamphlets for like escorts and places you can go right, are ruthless. Right. If you've ever been to Vegas, oh, okay. like it doesn't matter if you are a 80-year-old man or a 12-year-old boy, they are giving you a pamphlet that probably has a, a picture of, of a naked person on there. Like, they are ruthless and aggressive in giving you those pamphlets. So, I could see an NFL player just falling. It's Vegas. <laughs> Being like, yeah, this seems like a pretty good idea. I should do this. Yeah, like, I can get away with this. Yeah. 
<laughs> I can get away yeah, with this. I, mean, uh, I, I don't. I don't this. know. I would not. I would not bet this if I was. Uh, if you're out there betting on the game, uh, which is going to be like one out of every four people, according to I think DraftKings or something. Like, there's a stat out there. This would be the most gambled on Super Bowl in NFL history. Rightfully so. I believe that. I, I think that's access to yeah. DraftKings and FanDuel. Yeah. They said one out of every four yeah. people is going to place a bet on this. And so uh, maybe you put a bet on uh, if a player gets caught with an escort. I wouldn't. I don't think anyone does. Uh, so it'd be very funny, though, if it was like Travis Kelsey after all this stuff with Taylor Swift. Like he's the guy. And we can all be like, yes, it was a fake relationship for media attention. <laughs> That'd be. That'd be the cherry on top. Uh, like, speaking of Taylor people Swift, would, people's brains would yeah. implode. Oh, easily! Like nobody like, would care about the game. Like, like, like the trust issues that would develop against institutions would be in, in <laughs> yeah. unmendable. Absolutely, you cannot trust anything anymore, mm -hmm. or anybody. If you can't like, trust Taylor, like if you can't trust Travis, what is love? If you can't trust Trav, then what can you trust? Trav. The fact that you call him Trav doesn't make me trust you. <laughs> I don't like you. That's fair. Call him Trav. Well, I mean, you I, don't I, know I, him. I did it tongue in cheek. I did it tongue in cheek. <laughs> uh, speaking of Taylor Swift, uh, our next prop bet: uh, Will Donna Kelsey hug Taylor Swift during the game? Money yes. in the bank is my money in minus the bank. 120. No is also minus 120. So equal odds. Uh, you think it's a yes? Uh, it's a it's I if I have the chance to bet a lot of money on that, I'm going to because I'm going to make money. Really? I mean, really? I'm going to make this is like a, a sure lot thing of money. Yeah, this is like a sure thing to me. Yes. Can, can I throw a twist at you and make, make you reconsider? Go. What if I she think that what if woman Taylor hates Taylor Swift. <laughs> well, there's that. I, I also so. think Donna Kelsey hates Taylor Swift. Like, I really do. What's your evidence? You see them at games. And, like, any camera shot that pans to Taylor Swift, Donna Kelsey is, like, not excited at all. Doesn't seem like she wants anything to do with Taylor or the media attention or anything. Wow. Just let her do her chunky soup commercials. I don't I don't know. I'm just saying there seems to be some animosity in the Kelsey family with Taylor Swift. I don't think Donna likes her. We never see the dad. Who knows if the dad likes her or not? I never even considered that. I never even thought about the dad. Rumors are Jason Kelsey's wife doesn't like Taylor. Brittany's the only one that likes Taylor, Pat Mahomes' wife, because hmm. And puts Britney in a good well, light for I know, the first I time in her don't life. Like Britney, so right. This transitive is... property says right. Transitive property, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. He shouldn't like Taylor, and therefore Donna doesn't like Taylor. I don't think that woman likes Taylor Swift. There's no evidence that tells me she is. So I might go with no here. Okay. Especially, there's also the factor of maybe they're not sitting next to each other. That's a very real possibility. That's sure it's the Super Bowl. There's going to be a lot of people around. There's also a possibility, like, Taylor might not make it to the Super Bowl. True. 
True, and then, then probably the bet yeah, would be voided. Uh, listeners, viewers, right. if you have an opinion on these prop bets, let us know. Uh, we're here to win you money, so take our advice. We actually do shockingly well when we post our picks for the Super Bowl. Um, we we hit at well above 60%. Not any other time during the year, but the Super Bowl for some reason is an anomaly <laughs> when it comes to us betting. So heed, heed, our, uh, heed our advice here, if you will. Uh, moving on. The next one, the number of patties on Andy Reid's first cheeseburger after the game, over, under, one and a half, under, one and a half, minus 200, over, one and a half, plus 150. What are you going mm-hmm. with here, Tony? I like the over. I do, too. He seems like a two. double cheeseburger I think, guy. I think it's a two. Yeah. Absolutely. You I think like Andy Reid, just look at him. You think that guy's going single patty on his cheeseburger? No. No. Easily a double patty guy. Who also bets I, on this stuff? It's like well, the, that's like the I'm, bigger I'm picture question to. here. I'm going to after this. Who bets on this stuff? You are? Well, yeah, that, that's going, my question. I believe, Not only who bets I on this stuff, but two patties. who tracks this stuff? You believe in two patties? I believe in two patties for Andy Reid. Two tracks this stuff is interesting because I feel like I feel like a lot of these bets, maybe not so much the ones we have mentioned, but I feel like a lot of these bets are easily manipulatable. And especially the Tony Romo bets, like Sky can't Google the, about what he says first. And then just do it. He's he can right. make it. He can make all the money he wants. He, we're writing Tony Romo himself a blank check here. Right, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Like these bets, like this bet, for example, and the number of pay, like who's monitoring this? Do they have like someone from the sports books like following Andy Reid to his post game meal? It's like <laughs> checking under the bun. It's like, yep, there are two patties there. Okay, mark it down. Yep. Like who tracks this stuff? Yeah, does Andy Reid call in? Hey, I'm having a, a double a double hey, stacker a double. at Wendy's. Do you think you think Wendy's is what he's gonna do in Vegas? No, I think he goes with no. yeah, like an In and Out or something. That's, That's one what, of those like fancy West Coast ones. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I had know. Smashburger for the first time a couple months ago. Disgusting. Tell me about it. Oh, not a fan. Okay. It's, no, not at all. Very like oh. processed tasting. Like, Ooh, hate that. Hate that. Mm-hmm. I got like a, a cheeseburger and cheese fries, and everything was very like plasticky to me. Ooh. Yes, it was at a yes, it was at a like Batavia area rest stop, but still. Okay. Rest stop like on the throughway. There was a smash what? burger on the throughway. Yeah, maybe it was farther out. Like. Towards okay. past Rochester. I can't remember, but it, but was, it was like a, a New stop. York yeah. State rest stop. Uh, yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. It was not I good. think that the, I, I don't think want the to quality see of rest stops are naturally lower as it is. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But as is. Who knows? Anyway. I don't know. I can't I can't say it because I've never I, had a Smash Burger, so I don't know. A Smash Burger yeah, brand. It's not, it's not good. No, I'll never have one now. Yeah. Smash burger brand smash burger. Uh, our next prop, a uh, very popular prop at that. 
uh, the length of the national anthem. This oh, year's national not. anthem sung by Reba McIntyre. Mm-hmm. And they are putting the over under at 87 and a half seconds. So a minute 27 and a half. The over is currently favored at minus 200 with the under 87 and a half seconds plus 150. Now, Tony, I do some, this is a good one to do research on. Has the singer performed national anthems in the past? There, mm-hmm. There's a, there's some metrics you can go by here. Uh, Reba has performed two national anthems in the past, both under the 87 seconds that this line is at. And that was, I think the last one she did was the 90, 1997 World Series. So many, many years ago. She mm-hmm. was not 70 years old as she is today. She had more lung capacity, better pipes. Like She's not a, a young person. And if she's not hitting that mark back then, now we're talking 20-plus years later, I don't think she's hitting that mark now. She's going to fly through under. this thing. I am pounding the under on this one. Yep. 70 years Very old, he's going to sing for a minute and a half? No way. Yeah, who do you think she is, Taylor Swift? No. <laughs> Look what you made me do, Tony. Right, there you go. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, Fancy's not her name, so. Yeah, I think I think the Reba only McIntyre reason reference. to take an over. I, I love Reba. Reba's treasure. <laughs> We love Reba. One of the greatest sitcoms ever. We love ever. Reba on this show. Huge Reba. We love Reba. This, this is a Reba. We love Reba. Reba. Her sitcom was fantastic. Top five sitcoms huh. of all time. Shout out! <laughs> shout out the yep, WB yep. Network. Yep. Um, Matt, how many Reba McIntyre songs can you name? Uh, zero. Okay. How many can you name? Um, okay, so Fancy is a big one. Uh, okay. Is it? Oh, yeah. I'll know them like when I see the list, but... Oh, man, it's oh, killing okay. Me. There you the go. The theme song from... Anyway. Duh. <laughs> Duh. How could I forget the theme song from Reba, sung by Reba? That should have been a right. shoe-in. I- presume it's unbelievable her. um I just, while you look up I reba songs and i like I, w- I will say like i i can't believe how many of these i don't know like if these are the first ones that show up on google i don't yeah. i don't know what no, i have no idea that. i don't listen to country music so i don't wouldn't yeah. know anyway um the only time the national anthem is gonna go over is if someone is playing an instrument, for example, last year, Chris Stapleton, awesome rendition of the national anthem. He had like a 35 second guitar solo, <laughs> like, cause he brought the guitar up on stage with him and he's going to play the guitar and he's going to, he's going to, what do they call it? Vamp. I don't know. I'm not a guitar Riff. player. Uh, he's going to play the guitar for a, a solo for, and take up an extended amount of time. Like that's the only time I would smash the over. I am smashing the under. I'm Mm -hmm. taking out a second mortgage. This is maybe the most sure bet, I think, on the board. Uh, I like it a lot. Yeah. I like the under a lot on this one. Does He Love You is another Reba song. I feel like I know. 
based on Google. So anyway, yeah, I like the under. I like the under a lot. We all, we've made, I, we, I would say of any bet that we've discussed this evening, we have given the best supporting evidence for the, for it's the, for it's the under everything is lined up for it to be the under. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think that's, yeah. but that, this is also as sure as you're going to get. Yeah. This is also like, you know, Reba tells her cousin, Hey, I'm going to drag it out, bet the over, split it with me. That, that could be any of these. That could, that be, could be any of these. these. I guess. I guess. Yeah. There's insider. Uh, I guess. Speaking of the anthem, will a player or coach cry during the national anthem? Last year, of course, the famous scene of Nick Sirianni, Eagles coach, crying, profuse, like, like the biggest waterworks ever. Uh, the, the new crying Jordan meme, Nick Sirianni. Uh, it was, it wasn't even like it. It was weird. It, I, I was just going. It was weird. The dude was just standing there in his own, drowning in his own tears for some reason. I don't know. Um, Yes and no are both at minus 115. Do you think any player or coach cries during the national anthem? No. If no. Andy Reid didn't smash cry last no year, on this he's too. not going to cry this year. Yeah. And I can't imagine. Yeah, that's the thing. Right. Is like, who's going to cry? Right. Who's going to cry? Like, Nick Sirianni, as we've come to know, and as NFL fans come to know, is kind of like off a little. <laughs> like, after that Chiefs game when he was okay, uh, like, Jocelyn with the Chiefs fan, like he, when he was interviewed and we met players for the first time and when he got the coach, he played rock, paper, scissors with the players to kind of test their mental. Like he's just kind of an off guy. So him crying makes sense. I don't see anybody on the Chiefs or the Niners, especially because both teams have been there before and both coaches have been there before. I don't see anyone crying. If it was Dan Campbell, if the Lions made it, now we're now we're straying towards the yes. Dan Campbell would definitely be a crier. Uh, I can see that. I mean, Dan Campbell has really high highs, so I have to imagine he has really low lows. Emotional guy as well. Yeah, yeah. He seems like an. He's emotional the human guy. personification of PC Principal from South Park. Okay. Reminds okay. Me. Yeah. For anyone who's seen South Park, PC Principal is a character. That's Dan Campbell. Uh, um. Tony, our next bet. So we're both taking the the no on this one, and I think that's pretty sure no thing, one's crying. right? No one is crying. Not in an election year. No, no one one's is crying. crying. What does an election year have to do with this? I don't know. You know, people are, you know, you're down. You're kind of like down on it. You're just, no one's crying. No, no one's crying. No one's crying. Uh, next one. As we wrap up the episode here, a couple more. Number of beers sold over or under 120,000 during the game. How, now, what's the capacity of this place? I mean, the capacity is around like 80,000. I'll get the exact number yeah. here. Okay. The capacity is uh, just under 72,000. So that's not even two beers a person. Over or under 120,000, both odds. Uh, I'm sorry, over is is not favored. Minus 115, under is minus 150. 
according to the books. So under is actually yeah, going, which is surprising. Uh, not like seventy thousand people under. plus. Do you really? Yeah, hmm. I think okay. So it's Vegas. It's yes. a school night. It's. Are you saying kids are drinking beer? Well, you know what I mean. Like it's 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 Sunday it's a school night. night. Kids aren't drinking it's, beer. It's Sunday night. It's Vegas. I don't think Vegas is impressed enough with the Super Bowl that it's becoming like anything special to like you know really like get after it. Yeah. On and I think right. Vegas maybe more than you know more than most cities in the league uh, would be would be a would be a liquor crowd. I don't think that beer would be the alcoholic beverage of choice for as many as in some other markets. Okay. All very valid points. I think even though it's a school, it's a school night. It's wine. It's ice wine specifically. I don't know why, but it is. Yeah. Why (laughs) not? Uh, Despite it being a school night, I don't think anybody going to the Super Bowl. And if you're bringing your kids to the Super Bowl, is going to school Who's is going to work kids the, next to the Super Bowl. No one's bringing their kids to the Super Bowl. Why not? Well, no one's bringing. If their, you had like, a chance kids. to go to the Super Bowl, you wouldn't bring your kids. Not if they were kids. Not if they're like under fifteen. Not if it's in Vegas. Yeah, that's also. I mean, I think that's a piece to it too. But to me, like going to the Super Bowl is an opportunity that you don't want to waste on a kid who is not going to appreciate it, you know, or think it's as special as it is when there's people out there who, you know, in, in every, where there's people out there in anybody's life, not to degrade the kids, but if I'm thinking about like, okay, who would it mean? Like if I have two Super Bowl tickets, who would it mean the most to for me to bring? Like there are people who, you know, going to the Super Bowl is a once in a lifetime opportunity. For most people, if it well, it's a zero in a mm-hmm. lifetime opportunity for most people, but once is amazing. So you, I, you know, I don't think that you just blow it on like your 11 year old. I think if you were to bring your kids, it would have to be for the team you support. I wouldn't just go bring my kids. Yeah, to, I wouldn't just, two yeah. Random teams. Yeah, that's what I think. Also, too. it's yeah. an NFL game. So I wouldn't bring my kids in general because fights and whatnot. So, right. Uh, I'd avoid that. So that makes me say, like, that's me. It makes me think I should say, uh, seventy thousand plus are majority of adults. Let's say ninety percent of adults, which are yeah. buying beer. And like so affordability, less than two beers too. a person. Yeah, sure. Is affordability a piece of this in Vegas, where money yes. is spent? Yeah, really but I mean, how many, to say the yeah, least. but most most people in that stadium are not Vegas residents or not Nevada residents. More reason to drink. I'm going over. I like the over. Okay. A lot of beers. I like the under. Um, A couple of legitimate prop bets that are related to the game, excuse me, that I picked out. Uh, Get your thoughts on Uh, two. I really, really like Uh, the lowest scoring quarter total points. Uh, mm-hmm. Over five and a half or under five and a half. Over is minus one twenty. Under is minus one ten. I don't think there's a quarter that there's not 
less than five points scored here. Less than six points scored, I should say. Oh, I could see. Uh, I could see if I'm looking at the if I'm looking at the the box like the score. Over. I could see a three nothing quarter. I could see a three nothing third quarter. You think so? I can't. Yeah, I, I don't do. know. Like the 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 Chiefs have been so proficient on offense. It just seems mm-hmm. like they're gonna score at least a field goal per quarter. They are not gonna squander drives. Not only has Chiefs been proficient on offense. The Niners' defense hasn't been anything to write home about. Like, they should have lost to Green Bay. They should have lost to Detroit. Now they're playing an offense that is clicking on all cylinders in the Kansas City Chiefs, who have been there before in the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. I don't know. I just don't see, like, I I just don't see a, a quarter where it's extremely low scoring like that. I'm taking the over on this one. I like it. I think that's fair. I think it's, I think it's a coin flip. This this bet anyway. Yeah, it's a coin flip according to the mm-hmm. odds. So, um, yeah, I guess it depends yeah. on if you think it's going to be a shootout or not. If it's, you think it's going to be a shootout, and I kind of mm-hmm. do. I think it's going to be like a thirty-one to twenty-seven kind of game or something like that mm-hmm. I, in, I the, so in that range. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't. Just don't see there there being a quarter where there's under six points scored. Um, even if both teams get a field goal, you're still hitting on that one. So I like the over five and a half there. Uh, the final one I pointed out or picked out, uh, total first downs by the Chiefs. Over 19 and a half, under 19 and a half is, is the line. Uh, over 19 like and a half over. first downs, currently favored at minus 130, under plus 100. So I love the over too. The Chiefs yeah. throughout the playoffs have consistently hit over 20 first downs. Uh, I mm-hmm. think they had 23 in the Bills game. In the Ravens game, they had 25. They 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 haven't come close to, to going under that 20 mark. Um, and like I said, Niners defense, nothing to write home about so far in the playoffs two teams that have been there before. So you got to think the nervous jitters are kind of not going to be in play as they would for like a first time team being there, like the Eagles last year or something like that. But I I just, I think the chiefs offense is clicking and that's why I think they're kind of going to win this game too. And even though I don't want to admit it and I don't want it to become a reality, uh, I think it's just going to be too much. And the chiefs are, if anything, just moving down the field seamlessly collecting first downs. They're not a big play team as we've seen. It's a lot of like intermediate 10 Mm -hmm. to 15 yard stuff. And most of that, a lot of Kelsey sitting in the zone, a lot of Rasheed Rice on crossing routes, a lot of like all the scaling gets one or two shots a game. But aside from that, they're not really a big play team relying on Pacheco and their defense a lot more these days in the season than they have in the past. I just see them picking up a lot of first downs. I like the over. Mm-hmm. Me too. I think they want to keep the offense on the field. And that's, uh, and that's, yeah. And like, that's how I picture their offense being designed. Like you said, with intermittent plays, I like the over a lot. They're a methodical yeah. intermittent um, play offense. Yeah, absolutely. Matt Patrick Mahomes extends plays, going to using his legs to, um, to get first down. Like, 
it just seems like a shoe in for the over 19 and a half Chiefs first down. So those are two we like. Uh, Tony, those are our prop bets we're going to give you. We're going to give you some on Twitter X as well. So make sure you follow us there before the game. Uh, what do you say we wrap up the episode, though? Let's do it. Let's do it. Thank you, of course, to our sponsor, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Quality koozie starting at just $5 for growlers, for cups, for bottles, for cans, anything you can want there. Local business, so shop local, support local, travelinggrowler.com. Great product there. The Way Not Funny store, t-shirt, apparel store, whatever you want to call it. We got t-shirts, we got crewnecks, we got hoodies, we got long sleeves. Um, teespring.com slash witty not funny or search witty not funny or Google search teespring witty not funny and witty not funny, of course, all one word. Check out the cool designs, all original, all some kind of pop culture reference, as you can see here from the few examples. But we got a ton more in the store. So show us some love, support the podcast. We put a lot of time and effort into designing these and coming up with ideas for them. So uh, they're very cool. I wear mine all the time at Bill's games and I always get a comment or I always somebody points it out or says something. I've had people take pictures with me with my Buffalo Brothers t-shirt on. It, it's it's cool. Like it's something people don't usually see aside from like a Bill's Jersey or something different and, and usually original and, and people get the references and stuff. So check out the store today, support the podcast. Uh, please uh, show us some love on, on the, the store there. Uh, what else we got? Twitter handles at Woody sports, seven, one, six Twitter, Instagram, Woody not funny sports on Facebook and TikTok. Make sure you follow us on all platforms. Show us some love. We love following back. Bills Mafia, Saber Swords People, trademark pending for that fan group. Do still doesn't have a name for some reason. Uh, so we're trying to create one. Uh, but Witty Sports 716 on Twitter is where we're mainly at. So give us a follow there. Show us some love. We love following back. Uh, we always like to say, whether you're watching now, watching in the future, or listening to this on audio, whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time, we greatly appreciate it for all the nonsense and all the ridiculous references we make. We appreciate you commenting and liking and subscribing. If you haven't done so, please do. If you are listening to this on audio or want to listen to this on audio in the future and run it back, uh, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're fine podcasts are listened to for free on the Built in Buffalo podcast network. Uh, and with that, thank you everyone for tuning in. And as I, we always say on these parts, Go Bills. And of course, stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week. Peace. Bye. In Bye five days, later. the uh, Bills are undefeated.